All right, you are now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the true players broadcast, episode one, two, three, and we are going to break down the top five swingmen of all time, your small forwards. Who are the greatest to ever play the game? So follow-through with Clips and Drew. Drew, kick that intro music. Excuse me, I didn't mean to interrupt like Mount Vesuvius. I'm about due to erupt. Use it or I'm losing it. They say I need to loosen up. Tight, I'm well taught. I must do the max like Ludi us. I do have something to say. So you got to give it up. Give it up. You never heard All right, so the question Drew and I get asked every single day is how do you start a podcast? When we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we both had so many questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen to? And most importantly, how do we make money from our podcast? The answer is simple, Anchor. Anchor is your one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all people, it's 100% free, and it's ridiculously easy to use. Even Drew can use it. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, guys, that's exactly what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and Drew and the whole diverse community of podcasters around the world that are already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. We can't wait to hear your podcast. What up, broadcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It's the follow-through with quarantine clips and no flu, Drew. Episode 123. One, two, three. Mm-hmm. It's a good number. Easy as ABC. It is easy as ABC. How you feeling, bro? You good? I'm good, man. I'm good. I um happy to see you. Yeah, likewise. Beautiful I, day here in San Clemente. Today. Yeah, we yeah, same in San Diego. Too bad we can't do anything. Yeah, it's a great day to look out the window. <laughs> Um, no, it was it was a beautiful drive up here. A um, lot, lot of cars on the road today, which was weird. I mean, you I've been I've been making this trip two times a week since this has all started. And I'll tell you, man, that first week that I was around, like there was zero cars on the road. And now today, driving around at you know when I came up here it was like five o'clock. It was pretty packed on well, the five. Still got shit to do. And I get it. I just it just surprises me that that so many people are out and about on a Wednesday at five. But so be it. Are you as bored as me yet, or no? Uh, dude. So I mean, no. The, my my job keeps me keeps me pretty occupied mm-hmm. for for eight hours of the day, and then the remaining hours, I you know, watching watching the shows, and it's weird how you finally finished Ozark. I did finish Thank Ozark. You, Jesus. It, it is. It's weird to me how normal like my routine has stayed. Like everything has changed, right? And like the way that I leave the house and where I go and all that shit and who I hang out with has changed. But like my day to day, really, it's it's exactly the same as I was doing before. So it, it does feel kind of weird. And I, I I'll be do you honest. Sit at a desk at home. And I do. do your... Yeah. So there, we have a little um a little office space. A and, nook. Yeah. It's as like, they say. Yeah. That's it, it's the perfect definition. It's a, it's a nook that was used as storage, but now because of because I you know work from home now, we cleared it out and there's a, there is a legit little office space with you know a desk and and some shelving and do you wear work attire no absolutely not yeah. i wear i wear sweatpants 
uh, I wear, I do put on pants. I, so, I mean, I, I'm not the guy that's chilling in his boxers, yeah, even though I, my job could very easily be, I'm, I'm mostly interacting with people over the phone anyway, so it's not that big of a deal. But uh, definitely, at least I'm, you know, I'm definitely clothed and we do a lot of Zoom, like I'm saying. So you have to be somewhat Waste presentable. Up. You got to be good. I mean, I'm not always doing my hair in the morning. Um, a lot of the times I'm wearing a hat, you know, when I'm, when I have to be on Zoom because I don't feel like having to like wake up and do at, your hair. At, you know, and well, like waking up at like 730 and showering and doing all the stuff before I would normally do to leave to go to work. Sometimes I wait, and I'm, I think I'm like I'm more of an afternoon shower now. Oh, I, I love the three p.m. Yeah, shower. I, now I do it when my work day is over. It's like, oh, cool, go mm-hmm. you know wash that day off and and go enjoy the evening. The rest of the evening, yeah, on start the couch. yeah, start watching your shows and playing some video games and stuff. So. Hey, happy stimulus day too, because I don't know how many people out there got it, but I woke up this morning oh. with with some Trump bucks in my pocket. Oh yeah, I was I was definitely I was feeling the stimulus uh, the, the stimuli. Mm. It has arrived, um, and yeah, I was surprised that that it just dropped out of nowhere that's why you I know. file your taxes early y'all. yeah exactly and i filed mine in february and same here so, yeah I that was, was a little earlier than that I, mine was you, you filed in january i found february 2nd was the because i waited till that's that's early that's very early yeah but anyway so yeah i got got the tax return quick and then i got a nice little drop in the bucket there so i appreciate that and guys this isn't don't go out and buy a fucking new purse or some new sneakers this is literally the whole point of this is to pay your to keep up with your bills, to pay your rent, pay that electricity, and and it is also to, to go ahead and buy that pair of shoes too. I mean, that's part of it. Part of the idea about this stimulus package, obviously, yes, it should go to your rent first. But with whatever's left over, the idea is it's it, the stimulus. It should stimulate the economy. And yo, so if you do want to go buy those those J's that you've been looking at or that purse you've been looking at, just make sure you got priorities. Don't buy that shit overpaying rent because you know you're not going to be evicted. Might. I think a lot of people might. And I think that's probably what you were talking about. Just be smart with it. And guys, $1,200 in Cali don't get you too much. Right. It's basically my <laughs> Starbucks bill every month. But if you're going to cover that, then cool. But happy stimulus day. I hope everybody's being safe. Everybody's being conscious of what's going on out there. Um, I wanted to start the show with a... Uh, with a kind of, uh, I don't want to say a moment of silence, but Carl Anthony Towns lost his mother, Jacqueline, mm-hmm. uh, two days ago to complications through the coronavirus, through Crazy. COVID. She was dealing, I think, bo- I think both his parents actually got it. His father beat it, and his mom was put into a, a an induced coma. And, you know, 25 years old, he's still a kid, losing your mom. She was 59, very young. Man. And uh, it's, it's, it's extremely sad and... Uh, just goes to show you that like nobody is immune to this, you know. Yeah, I think we're all going to get touched by this, you know, one way or another. Even if even if you don't have it, you definitely will know somebody that has it. I think, unfortunately, that seems like what's happening is soon soon that circle that that buffer zone between you and the virus is going to start closing in, um, unless you know we can we can figure out a way to to get around this and and people are start taking these precautions seriously it's gonna take some time man but our you know our prayers go out to cat yeah uh, i know this is probably a really rough time for you and, and I'm, I'm glad he's has this time right now to be like with his family and around them so everybody just be real careful out there mm-hmm. um on a lighter note today is the one year anniversary of the historical at oracle oh my the greatest comeback in nba playoff history yep. the los angeles clippers and the golden state warriors i know you remember this game i know you remember this game jeff crompton i know we lost the series 
but we won the fight. Okay. <laughs> what a great game that was, dude. So yeah, we that was playoffs. So that means we would be in the playoffs now. Mm-hmm. Um, today would be the is the final day of the NBA season. Today would be. I thought it was the eighth. No, was the last. No, game. that was the game Clippers Lakers. That the was last, the last game of the season for the, for the, Clippers, for the Clippers, Clippers and Lakers. Today would have been Vince Carter's last. Got it. Game playing today. Wow. Okay. So yeah, it's weird to think that if if we if we snap back to where we were. That's what we would be talking about. We would be all prepped up for the playoffs. Oh, dude. We'd have the matchups locked ah! in, looking at, you know, where everybody's going to finish, who's right. going to make a run. Um, but holy shit, dude, that's crazy that that was a year that ago. That was a year ago. And wow. what a freaking – that was the game. KD and Pat Bev both got tossed in the fourth quarter. Love that game. Uh, Lou Will had 36, 29 in the second half. <laughs> Montrez, 25 and 10. Wham, bam, thank you, Sham, with that three with, with 15 seconds left Huge to go three. in the game. Just It was such a hyped game. I came out of that like I knew we weren't going to win the series, no, but, but you were ready to go. Well, we took – I mean, we, yeah. we got two. That was a big – that was a huge game. I agree. Yeah. And that was basically – this is pre Kawhi, pre PG. This was they didn't expect us to go not necessarily anywhere, but they didn't expect us to do that. Right, and uh, especially against the the Warriors, who were odds on mm-hmm. favorites to win it again. And KD and Pat had a lot. They both have a lot of respect for each other. It's but fun he, to rewatch that. There were some of the clips that came through uh-huh. today, and the 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 jawing back and was, forth. Kevin Durant can't help but smile. I know when he's talking because I think he does respect Pat, and he actually kind of he likes. There's very few guys, we know this, there's very few guys in the NBA anymore like Patrick Beverly that were just, that just talk shit. They just love to do it. And I think Durant always appreciates that. Uh, he knows he's way better than, than Beverly. Course. It's not about that, but he just loves, he loves that kind of energy, I think. It's pretty obvious when you, when you watch them talk shit back and forth. I'm, I more like to watch Patrick Beverly. Yeah. Just because I've seen he does it against everybody. You yeah. Know? When he was doing it against LeBron, it's like all these players like KD and Braun are looking at him like the you know the little brother, the the little guy that you can't play with us big boys, you know. But right. Pat comes and brings it every night, and um, so yeah, I'm thinking about that, and I miss the fucking playoffs. This Dude. is what we would be doing right now. I Brutal. miss basketball. The playoffs would be just lit right now. Who would be in it? I don't know. Right. What? Who would the Clippers be playing? Who would the Lakers right. be playing? Um, but we will never know, and I don't think uh, I don't think it's going to happen this year, guys. I know we all want to have wishful thinking, yeah. and for whatever reason, Florida thinks that they Florida's just Florida's okay. Good. We can have all the sports. WWE's cool. Like, what the fuck are they thinking? I don't dude? know, man. I you know I I still you're going to be the pessimist about the season, and I think that's okay because I think it's realistic I'm to being have a that real, stance. Realist. I'm I'm being optimistic about this. I mean, all the conversations that have that have been had. Uh, there obviously is a lot of doubt as to whether or not they can make this season work, but I'm still the optimist. I still think that there, there's a shot that we figure this out. I mean, as we're going through this, it seems like the NBA is doing their best to try and test everybody that they can and then make sure that that when whenever it is, if it's this season or next season, that everyone's good to go at some point. So I'm just if it's if it's early enough in the year, in the calendar year, and everyone's good to go and we can have these games in fanless arenas. Yeah, but what's the point I of that? I want then? it. I want it. What's the point of that? What's the because point of watching it? Because it's competition. It's a it season. We same. started a season. If I think they, I think they should go through every single possibility in the ways to finish the season that was started. I understand that, but it's definitely not going to be the same. And then there's going to be a preseason to the postseason, which is just it's lame. Even if the Clippers won it this year, it'd be I. I mean, I'd take it, but of like, of course I, you would. Yeah, but it's not the fucking same, dude. And I would I would be the first to put an asterisk next to it. 100%. I like to hear that 
you know, I, I, Pat Bev was on live yesterday and he's like, dude, I'm training like it, like we're having a season. I'm working my good. ass off every day. It seems like everyone is. I, I think most, most people, people most, are. Most Jason Tatum said he's, he hasn't picked up a basketball. He doesn't have a gym to right. go to. I haven't shot. A, I haven't shot in fucking 35 days. Well, that's not that shouldn't be the case. I mean, the practice facilities, I know that they, they shut all that down, but like he should be able to speak to his agent or his, you know, the, the, the coaching staff and be able to schedule a time where it's just him at least just him in the gym or him and one other guy that has been tested and we know doesn't have it. Like there should be, you should be able to go work out. If you're an NBA player, you should be able to go to your pack practice facility or even the fucking arena, go to the arena. What is it doing? It's just chilling there. I mean, uh, I just think, I think that should definitely be remedied and it should be easy to get that done for him. I'm surprised that that's an issue. Yeah. For Jason Tatum for any NBA player. Right. I agree. Yeah. Because you have access to all those places. And I, I mean, I get it. I understand. Like, you can't go out to the courts. So all the rims are down or all the high school gyms are closed. Fine. Okay. But there's definitely a way. Like, there's a lot of college gyms that are in Boston. Uh, I feel like that's where Tatum is, is staying. If, if he's at home in St. Louis, there's so many fucking gyms. Or in you St. don't Louis. know one rich dude with a that's fucking gym I'm saying, in saying, like, house? I mean, call Shaq. He, he has three houses with basketball gyms in them. <laughs> and I think he has a boat with a basketball gym in it. Right. So, like, I'm just saying there's definitely, there should be ways to get that done. I would definitely I'd rather watch Jason Tatum take jumpers in a gym for practice than watch the dumbass horse challenge. I'm so glad you're bringing this up. I have to bring it up. It's it was and terrible. Look, okay, let, let's it say was this. So bad. I give the NBA a a for effort yeah. for trying this. Absolutely. Should have been way more well thought out. I don't know did how they, they sh- how did they not have a dry run? Okay, be, okay. Who's ever, whoever handled it did it completely wrong. How do you not try this first before you put it on national fucking television? I agree. With the grainiest. It looks like they're they, filming it with flip phones. They shot it on LeBron James flip phone. Exactly. Nokia flip phone. That's exactly what it was. I don't understand how that was the way that it works. I mean, I, it seemed to me like a lot of it was left up to Trey Young and Chauncey to, to, figure, out, the to figure out how they were going to get the footage. But again, that yeah, but you don't have an iPhone, Trey. Young? Also, yeah, Chauncey's looked great, by the way. Chauncey, Chauncey's did. His court looked fantastic. He had a real court. Uh, the the visuals from Chauncey were fine, but Trey was just like, dude. First of all, that get that rim, the basket that he has it in was his eight, nine feet. I don't know was what it the, nine feet. I have tall? no idea. But it's also like that's what you Trey signed up for this because he has right. this in his front yard, right. dude. My my basket in the back of my house was significantly better than that and I'm not getting paid a hundred million dollars. Like well maybe I don't know. I, I just don't know. I, I, I do I wanna say I wanna say like you did, I, I applaud the effort for sure. I think great job in putting this together and even trying to get something out there for us that we're all craving content. We're begging for it. But I couldn't watch it. I, I literally couldn't watch it. And Paul Pierce, what the fuck happened, Truth? You're my guy. You were horrific. Horrific. I say they do this again, but fucking send somebody a 4K camera, send them a red cam, send them something, or get a crew there. Send somebody. Send them a tripod, yes. that, like with an actual camera. Like, don't they have a T-Mobile sponsor? I, send them something. This this has to be remedied if they do do it again, which I I hope that they do because I'm here for it. If if they can coordinate a way to make it show worthy instead of just you know a weird Skype call. Um, it's basically drew it's like if we said on this pod right now hey send us your best trick shots and we'll try to mimic them right and that's the coordination that we're putting into this yeah you know what i mean i just the production value is what really 
took the cake for bad. me. It was bad. Like I, I could not, I couldn't watch it. It was just, it was, it wasn't watchable. Um, so I, again, I, I love the creativity, but the execution had, there has to be, especially the executive producer, like the, the big wigs at these, you know, networks, what was it? ESPN that did NBA.com or NBA.com. I thought, no, but it was on TNT. I think it was on TNT, whatever the network was Mm -hmm. like the, the top dog at the network has to be like, how the fuck did we mess this up so Mm -hmm. bad? How did we possibly met? We have all of the resources that we have at this at, as a media conglomerate, and we can't figure this out a little bit better. So, or just take the L and make it ten times better on the next run, which right. They should and that, so that's what I'm saying. Like I, again, I applaud the creativity. It was fun to watch Chauncey banking Chauncey banking a, a top of the key three. Then Trey Young could, couldn't even come close to it. And he started blaming the wind. It's Trey like Trey okay. went right to the wind. I start blaming the wind. It's like I, all right, dude. Like I get it. Yeah, okay. Like you probably shouldn't have volunteered for this. Bro. Trey went to the most remedial horse shot, like behind the backboard shot, right? Like that's so remedial, Trey. Did you not grow up playing horse, dog? Uh, it's just funny. It's it, just funny. Let's do better, so, NBA. Yeah. Again, I, I'm here for it, but we got to If we're gonna put it out on national television, it's got to look better than that. All right. So going off of what we've been doing the past two weeks, we covered point guards, top five point guards of all time, which was a great show. Last week we did shooting guards, top seven, because we already knew one and two. Yep. Um, it's kind of, if you had anybody different one and two, unless they were, uh, intertwined or what, uh, uh, interchanged, interchanged, which you'd be dumb if you thought that too, Yeah, but pretty much locked in one and two. We, we, we thought so. And so this week is small forward swing, man, the swing, man. I like that. Yeah. I like that. They don't call them that anymore. I know that's I'm bringing like that. I'm bringing that back. I like that. That might be the, the name of the, the pod. I think it should be the swing, man, swing, man. I like that. Yeah. Um, we did the top five of all time. I know I said top five, but I'm top two, and I'm not two, and I got one. Thought you had one, but it's not one. Nigga, not. And this was difficult for me, at least. I'm always stuck at well, the five. That's the thing. That's the reason why top five is a good. It's a good list, is because it is difficult to try and figure out who actually deserves to be five, and and then who doesn't make the cut. In our opinion, right? Because so, I don't know who Drew has. You don't. Yeah, that's right. And he doesn't know who I have. And I want you to start this week. I've started the last two weeks, so I'm okay, putting you, you in the hot me, seat. You want to put me on the hot? I'm putting seat. you on the hot All right, seat. I'm going to tell you something. Who's your number let me, five? Let me take a sip right take quick. Take a sip. All right, so Drew wants me to start. And again, you guys got to understand my process. This isn't just like, okay, let's look on the internet and be like, okay, one, two, three, four. Nah, dude. Because this shit has to be thought out to me. Who is the best top five small forwards ever to play the game? Number five for me is Scottie Pippen. Ooh, nice. I, I just, everything he brought to the game, the first original... Uh, point forward, okay. Yeah, one of the first. I mean, no, he he. Magic is kind of not de- defensively though, dog. Definitely defensively. But no, you said point forward. So, uh, well, that's what they that's what they referred to him as. Yeah, I, I call him the original point forward, Hall of Fame. Numbers aren't crazy for no, career. Okay, not, yeah. sixteen, six, and five. We all know six time champ, seven time All Star, ten time All Defense, seven time uh, All NBA. Who was a better player, a better two way player in the nineties? Besides Michael Jordan, right. who was a better one? Yeah, there probably wasn't. There wasn't. Scotty. Yeah. From 91 to 95, he averaged 28 and 6. That's playing with Michael Jordan. Yep. 2.4 steals a game. What's the highest ever? 2.7 is where we were at when they were. Yeah. That's where we were at with whatever the fuck his name was. Shot 50% <laughs> from the field and was an NBA top defensive player. Yes. During Mike's leave of absence, when Mike wasn't there. Right. 
carried the whole team 21-8-5, almost making the Eastern Conference Finals against the Knicks. Then the following year, led the team. Listen to this. Only four players have ever done this. The following year, 95, when Houston wins again back-to-back, he led the team in total points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. So only four other players that have ever done that. Then when he goes to Portland, 2000, almost damn near took that team, led that team to the Western, to the finals, the right. NBA finals, yeah. if it wasn't for the colossal meltdown by Portland and the amazing fucking play by the Lakers. Yes. That, that the, the world-famous Kobe to Shaq alley The alley um, Pippen was right there. Pippen, to me, from both sides of the ball, uh, he redefined like what a what a small forward should be. Mm-hmm. And even on the Olympic team, Chuck Daly said he was the second best player on the Olympic team besides Michael. Behind Mike, he was yeah. a better guard, played better guard than, yeah. than Magic and Stockton both did. Drexler both during that time. Um, I just I love I love Scottie Pippen. I love Scottie Pippen, and I it was hard for me. Yep. Uh, but I, I felt that he needed to be in the list. No, that's uh, I like it. I mean, I get it. Scotty is definitely one of the greatest small forwards ever. I mean, it, wherever you rank him is is up to you. But he definitely isn't. It has to be in consideration. I think the thing for Scotty that's always going to be a big what if is what he what his numbers and what his career would look like if he was on a team where he where he was the number one option. Well, he right? was in Portland, but that's post like Scotty Prime. Exactly. It was way post Prime, I think in my opinion. I mean, he was still really really good for Portland, but that was where the latter years of his career. But I felt that Scotty never wanted to be that guy. I think he did. I no, I I think he could have been. I think he knew the greatness he was playing with with Mike. It's I agree. obvious having that relationship with your best player. Michael loves Scotty, Scotty loved Michael. If Kobe and, and Mike uh, Kobe and Shaq had the same thing, it might be a different fucking story. Sure. Um, if Sean Camp and Gary Payton had the same thing, may, it might have been a different story. But I think he knew how great Michael was and was cool with playing the 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 Robin to the yeah. Batman. I mean, this, the 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 story that I always refer to is the the great moment when Mike is gone and Phil calls a play for Tony Kukoc to take the last second shot and and Scotty refused to go in the game. So I know for a fact he definitely had an ego. He definitely viewed himself as the leader of the team as soon as Mike left. And I think that was definitely justified. He was the best player on that team outside of Michael. The point that I'm trying to make is that I think his career, let's just say he doesn't end up on the Bulls and he ends up on any other team really during that era. He was drafted by Seattle. And he's the and he's the leader for that team. He could be in that conversation where we're talking about his career being 20 points a game and having you know some really unbelievable statistic numbers not not having to be always in Michael's shadow. So that's the thing that I think when I think about Scotty, I always you have to always think about Mike in the same breath. Of course. But I do think, you know, his accomplishments that he was able to do even with playing with the greatest player of all time arguably shows how good he was. Well, Mike couldn't win without Scotty. Mike didn't win until Scotty. So that goes to show you something and I again, like I wish like I, I, every time I think of Scottie Pippen, I think about Lamar Odom, right? Because Lamar Odom never wanted sure. the, the limelight, right? And Lamar Odom was so talented; he could have been the best player in the NBA if he wanted to be. Lamar could have. If you guys don't know that, he was literally the most talented player in the NBA. But I, I just think Scottie knew his role, and I know exactly what you're talking about with that Tony Kukoc thing. There was beef with that, even when they yeah. they, they were coveting Tony for years while he was playing overseas. Tony got more money. There was a point. I think it was 95. 
when they're winning and doing all this shit. And Scotty was the 120 20th highest paid player in the NBA. Right. So there was definitely some animosity, but guess what? Phil Jackson called the play for Tony. Tony bakes in that three pointer game over. They won the game. Exactly. Right. And that's the one blemish on Scotty's uh, whole career is that moment where he pouted Mm -hmm. everything else. Coaches say he was a great teammate. Uh, he was the the yang to Michael's yin, being that like Michael was very um, assertive and vocal and pointing fingers at people when they didn't do their fucking job right. And it's been told, I, you know, in the Jordan rules that I read that Scotty was the guy that would come up, pat you on the ass and be like, yo, let's do this. And, the good cop. Yeah, totally. And Michael's bad cop. And yeah. it worked. And I'm pretty Absolutely. sure there was probably conversations, Mike, Mike and yeah. Scotty, when they got to one one play or one point in their career where like, yo, bro, we're really fucking good. Yeah. But we got to make these Clicking on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you win six championships in eight seasons, like – Something's going right. I so, agree. <laughs> I, and yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I, I think he's totally right to be named in this list. He did not make my list. He's not in oh. my top five. So that'll lead me to my number five. Mm-hmm. This is where I have Dr. J, Julius okay. Irving. Okay. Dr. J. Um, interesting. Some interesting stuff about Dr. J. Started his career in the ABA, played his first five seasons in the ABA, and then the rest of his career with the Sixers. Um, was Played for 16 seasons, was an all-star Every season was a 16-time All-Star. I don't know how many players have ever had that happen where they've been an All-Star their entire career. Um, Obviously, in the Hall of Fame, he was a two-time champion in the ABA along with that Sixers championship in 82-83. Seven-time All-NBA, five-time All-ABA. So that's 12 out of 16 seasons being one of the best five players in his league. Um, Four-time MVP. So his career numbers, 24 points. Eight and a half rebounds and 4.2 assists. And there's some years in the ABA where he's averaging 15 boards, 12 boards, 11 boards a game uh, in those early days. And then they really tapered off as he, as he got into the NBA because he was, you know, really leaned upon um, for, other, for other usage there. But Dr. J, I mean, it, his, his name, he goes by Dr. J. It's, it's, it's not even Julius Irving. I think a lot of people forget that his first name is Julius. Uh, but, dude one of the greatest dunkers of all time, one of the greatest in-game dunkers of all time, did some stuff that we have never seen before, especially in, during that age. Um, obviously, another another great reason why the ABA was merged with the NBA. And, um, yeah, he's, he's one of the greatest so, ever. I have a rebuttal to that, though. Go ahead. So that was my cusp player. It was between Scotty and Dr. J, right? And then I just started thinking, first of all, all those big numbers that Dr. J had, like you said, were in the ABA. Notoriously known for playing absolutely no defense, right? Yep. So a guy like Dr. J is literally going to go off. And I'm glad you said that his neighbors, his numbers tapered off. They, I mean, they were still really good numbers. Yep. Dr. J was a horrible, horrible perimeter shooter. He was a horrible defender. But like we like to say, he's probably – he is definitely one of one of the ten – basketball players nba players that changes the game yep he was a game changer he made fucking basketball cool super playing cool. above the rim his afro super, the afro he was very sweet and polite he, he didn't have the dog in him like mike and kobe and kg and ai he didn't have that he but was he wasn't blessed. afraid to throw hands he wasn't afraid to throw hands he threw him with, with the, the Larry with Larry, but Moses was holding his ass. He got a couple good oh, punches yeah, in. Really clean shots with Larry's he, he, like, getting held down by one of the biggest Moses. men on the floor. Yeah, right. <laughs> Moses got his ass, and Charles Barkley's still mad that he got fined for leaving the bench on that one, which was crazy. <laughs> um, 
And obviously, again, Dr. J changed the fucking game. Yeah. Um, but I didn't have just because of I don't think he's the best small forward to ever play. Like right. within in the same sentence, he's top ten. Yeah. But there's a couple things that I I, I and I get that. Okay. I, I think the thing for me that when I'm when I'm going to this list, the reason I chose him over someone like Scotty is because of the accolades that he did get. I mean, sixteen time all star. Uh that's that's incredible. And and having him be a four-time MVP and, and really be the leader of an entire league. I mean, he, he was kind of the face of the ABA. Well, he's why he's why Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan. Exactly. He, so yeah, I, I think you know a lot of a lot of why I chose him over that is because of the scoring ability. You know, like you said, he made basketball even cooler than it was. And then the whole dunking thing. He really he really brought that scene. He, he took it to the next level. Um, as far as dunking goes, but you think, and, but you're saying dunking, like, but that makes him the best no, small no. forward ever. No, not just because of that, because of everything else I just li- okay. I just listed. I mean, I don't, I literally don't think that there's another player that's been an all star for their entire career. I don't think that's, I don't think that's been a thing. I mean, he played, he was his first season was seventy one, seventy two. It's sixteen years of being an all star, and and for his entire career, except for the last two seasons, average above twenty points a game. Um, and I know I said his rebounding numbers tapered off, his scoring numbers were always solid. They dropped from the ABA because it wasn't fucking 170 to 156. <laughs> there was no defense, right. y'all. <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, he averaged 23, 27, 25, 24. Uh, so, like, there was really solid scoring numbers. And, and bringing a championship to Philadelphia that season was pretty incredible. So, yeah, he's number five for me. Cool. I'm with that. Uh, four, some people might be a little upset for me. And I've, we've talked about this so much, and there's not too much I can – say because we literally just had a podcast about him two three weeks ago but i got larry legend at four for me nice we you know the accolades 24 10 and 6 his whole career three-time champ two-time final mvp three-time mvp of the nba defensive team uh three-time all defense 10-time all nba i mean larry's fucking larry legend yep best trash talker to ever live one of them uh he's he you know the the hick from french lick he backed up everything he ever said one of the coldest scores ever to play showed up every single fucking night uh one of the first six ten guys that could actually fucking you know get buckets from from handle, downtown handle the ball handle the rock pass nicely totally yeah. it was never a me larry bird was never a me guy right uh He's part of the the most epic games ever. The against Doctor J or excuse me, Dominique dropping the sixty sixty three or whatever he had sixty one. What was it? Sixty something. I think he had dropped, sixty. Dropped on on Dominique sixty and, points. Yeah, yeah. So I got Larry at four. I mean, uh, nice. He's in everybody's list. I know yep. he's in your. He's list. He's in my list. Okay. For sure. um, number four for me is not Larry. Larry, I have a little higher. Uh, this is uh, Elgin Baylor for me. Uh, Elgin Baylor makes number four for mm-hmm. me. Really. Uh, we talk a lot about him, but I th- we talk about people changing the game. This guy literally was the first of his kind. He was the first, you know, uh, electric scorer and rebounder. I mean, he's still 27th all time in rebounds, Elgin Baylor, which is fucking crazy. Um, he his numbers are as such: 27.4 points a game for his career, 13 and a half rebounds for his career, and 4.3 assists. He was an 11 time All Star, 10 time All NBA. You know his the way that he scored changed the way the basketball was played. He was uh, so shifty and quick, and it, you know his one of his nicknames was Mister Inside because he would just back you down and do these little spin shots, little hook shots, layups, all these different things that he could do at the basket. And he was a great little jump shooter from inside, um, dude. His I mean his numbers a couple of these years he's averaging in a sixty one season 
34.8 points a game in the 62 season where he only played 48 games, 38 points a game. And then again in the 63, 34 points a game. So like, you know, it's weird because, you know, there was years where he didn't get to play as much. We've, we've talked about him, you know, in, in episodes past where he was a part of the national guard. Um, and you know, he, he didn't always have to, he wasn't available to play every game of the season. He only played 80 games once in a season. And that was the 63 season, but you know, scoring alone, along with the rebounds, I mean, in that, in that 61 season, he averaged nearly 20 rebounds a game. So it's, 34.8 34.8 points, 19.8 rebounds a game for an entire season. Uh, that shit, again, those numbers are never going to be replicated from a small forward especially. Um, and from a scoring standpoint, uh, love Elgin Baylor. He's my number four. Elgin's my three. Got it. And you kind of took the words out of my mouth. A uh, few things I want to add to this is we got to take into consideration, just like Dr. J, Elgin was – a game changer. Elgin was the first one that played above the rim without dunking. He was so much more athletically gifted than everybody else. Nineteen. Try being 1959 black man going to play for the Minneapolis Lakers. This guy dealt with all the same shit that Bill Russell had to deal with, all the black athletes at that time. During this time, it was an unwritten rule that you're only allowed to... Two. Colored players, as right. they called them. Only two. Only two. And Elgin just was that guy. And Drew's talking about the 61 season where he only played 48 games. He wasn't National Guard. He was in Ar- Army Reserve. Army Reserve. In Washington. So, guys, fucking figure this out and see how this would translate to d- today's game. Elgin that season, like you said, 38-19-5, playing 48 games only on the weekends with no practice. He would have to be with the with the with the Army Reserve in Washington to till Friday afternoon, fly coach, and these aren't direct flights either. You're <laughs> fucking catching you're catching three or four flights, right? right? Yeah. He get off the flight to wherever the Lakers are playing, lace up, no practice, don't know what plays we're running, and I'm gonna just drop 38, 19, and 5. If that's not GOAT status, I really don't know what the fuck is. <laughs> yeah. Drew, can you name anything better than that? No. And mind you, this is before three point line, and this is before they give up uh the, the defensive player or defense all defensive teams. Right. They weren't calculating steals. No. They were not they were not taking into account blocks. Um, and and things of that nature until the 71 season. So all of that is going to go unknown relatively. Uh, but without a doubt, I think he probably would have been on, at least on a couple of those oh, lists. Oh, many. Imagine, I can imagine him at having a couple quadruple doubles that nobody knows about. The, when we brought up Jerry West up. last week, I'm right. sorry, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, yeah. uh, but they were saying there were nights where Elgin and Jerry were getting five, six, seven steals a fucking night. Absolutely. And... You know they got at least one or two games where they got ten or eleven steals right. just by themselves. And there's especially not a, with the way these bo- these boys are dribbling the ball back dude, then. They're dribbling up at their shoulders. Like you have was, so much time to pick that ball off. He was so far above uh, uh, in uh, in front of his time, so far ahead of his time. Sure. Excuse me. Um, the only negative thing, Elgin never won a chip. The year the Lakers win the chip, they're nine games in. Elgin knows that he can't go. Like it's not going. My knees. It's it's not working. I'm going to gracefully bow out. Yep. They sign somebody else or whatever. They win the chip. Yep. Elgin never gets the chip. Nope. 
Just a bunch of losses to the Celtics. Right. And then uh, (laughs) fucking casual fans just think Elgin Baylor is a horrible general manager, which he is, which he was. That's the post career that he really was not good at. He was not good at. He fucked up a lot of things. I think Sterling had a lot to do with it. I think he got vetoed on a lot of stuff. I I, bet. I want to to tell myself that Elgin was not that dumb. It wasn't just him. No. Right. It couldn't have been. But repeatedly. Repetitively, he he just made really bad decisions. Yeah, drafted weird, trades were weird. I want people to really think about this though. Let's go back one more minute. That sixty-one season when he's not even with the team, he's only playing weekend games. Guys, th- you know there there isn't chartered travel. You're not staying in the fucking greatest hotels. This guy's working like an average Joe during the week for his country that actually doesn't give a fuck about him because of his color. Right. And then going and playing in front of twenty thousand fans that are cheering you on but won't let you eat at the fucking restaurant down the street or you got to go see a different movie. That shit's wild, yo. Mm-hmm. And to me. That's somebody's brain I would love to pick is Elgin Baylor. And I got to meet him many a times. Never got to chop it up with him. But Elgin, you are very deserving of being on this list. Absolutely. It's funny. So my number three is Larry. So we did a little swap. Okay, cool. So Larry is my third. I chose Larry over Elgin uh, because of the championships mostly. And I think overall might have been a better player than, than Elgin. I mean... We look at those numbers, and and I think a lot of Elgin's rebound numbers are inflated because there was so many missed shots, right? Just like you know when you when you think about Bill Russell sometimes getting forty rebounds in a game, it's like okay, how many missed shots were there in that fucking game, you know? But the way that Larry kind of took over the NBA, three three straight MVPs, uh, winning those those championships, and doing it in a way that we hadn't really seen done before. I mean, he was one of the most efficient scorers that we've ever had. And one of the most willing and gifted passers that we've ever seen at that size. And that's, yeah, we've said enough about Larry. So Larry's my three. We've talked about him so much in the past few weeks. Larry's three. Do you want to take a break before we go into two? Yeah, let's take one break. Okay. All right, Clips and Drew Nation. If you love the follow-through with Clips and Drew, this podcast that you listen to every single week, you got to check us out on Patreon and listen to our exclusive load management podcast. For as little as $5 a month, you can get an extra exclusive podcast every single week that we bring to you on Saturdays. It's that simple. Go to patreon.com backslash Clips and Drew. Again, that's patreon.com backslash Clips and Drew. Get with the program. All right, so like you just heard, we have an amazing podcast on Patreon. We just dropped Manu's Cure. Yeah, You guys got to hear that one. That's a dope one. <laughs> uh, we would love for you guys to listen. We talk about our favorite uh, shooting guards, like our favorite shooting guards right. of all time that play that position. Really great show. Be awesome for your support. We would appreciate you guys listening. You could be a part of the show. All right, so we're getting into t- top two right now, right? Top two. And I'm pretty sure we probably have the same top two. Well, it's possible. But it's very possible. If you don't look, dude, KD is number two for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry, your, your two is Kevin Durant. Uh-huh. My two is also Kevin Durant. Okay. Do you have LeBron Of one? course. Okay, so we have the same. I mean, it's pretty obvious. Kevin Durant is probably the, 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 the most pure basketball player we've seen in our whole lives. Seriously, we talk a lot of shit about KD with his off, off-court antics. Today, he got captain sensitive, too. Did you hear his comments today? No. He was talking about how, well, if Clay does something, nobody hates on Clay. But if I do something, I'm <laughs> Kevin Durant and everybody hates on me. And I'm like, can you just let the shit go? God, Kevin. But other than that, 
Kevin Durant is the purest scorer we've ever seen in basketball. The guy can do it every which way, inside, outside, dribble. He can play defense. Uh, you know, I, this was my only thing that I was thinking about. Okay. Right? Has Kevin Durant been the best player on every team that he's played for? Yes. You think so? Yes. He was better than Russell Westbrook when Westbrook was killing? Yes. Better than Steph Curry? Yes. In every, so you you totally agree with that? Yes. He was never the second best player on no. any team. I think there was nights. Kyrie? There was definitely nights when he was the second best player. Like Steph would shine or Clay would shine or Russ would shine. But no, uh, there's, there's, there's only one player in the NBA since Kevin Durant's really taken off that's better than him, and it's LeBron James who we have at one. But... I, I, I like the question, I, and, and I'm, I'm very confident by saying that he's definitely been the best player that he's that any team that he's been on his entire life. <laughs> and that includes, then why haven't they won? Well, the, he, he won when he went to Golden State. I mean, why they didn't win, I, the argument could be made the reason that they never won in Oklahoma City is because they traded James Harden. I, another argument would, would be that he and Russ just couldn't figure it out together and the coaching staff, whatever. But, yeah, I mean, he, he left, he jumped ship, and he went to a championship team and made them stronger and was definitely their best player. We saw the impact of him being off the floor when they when they didn't have him. And who knows if he's ever going to be the same after this Achilles we injury. Don't know. We have no idea. Uh, but what he's done so far has me place, placing him at number two. So just to give you some background, career numbers, 27 points a game, 7.1 rebounds, 4.1 assists. He is a four-time scoring champ. He's a 10-time all-star. Um He's definitely. I think right now he was. He's already in the Hall of Fame. He was. He's an MVP. Easily. Uh, two-time Finals MVP. Nine-time All NBA. Two-time All Star MVP. Like the list of accolades for this man is very long. Uh, I sincerely hope that he comes back to the Kevin Durant that we all know and love when he is back on the floor. And I'm sure in today's medical day and age that he's got all the all the right tools to. To make that happen, but you never know, right? I mean, who That's knows? That's why it's hard for me to say, like, if people ask who's the best player in the NBA right now, and people say Kevin Durant, you don't fucking know that he's not playing. Right he might have been. He might. He, he was at one point. He right. was, but, but as of right now, today, yeah, he is not. Right. So actually, yeah. he's in the same boat as everybody else because nobody's nobody's playing, playing right. So <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you on that, and we've got to see KD. Again, like LeBron, when we get into LeBron, we watched him grow up. We watched his whole game evolve. Yeah, you know what I mean. His skill level is of the highest that we've ever seen, yep. especially we, we always make, I mean, it's, it's now it's kind of, you know, common knowledge, but it's easy to forget that this guy is six foot 10, six eleven, And he's a fucking, he can play shooting guard if he wants to. Uh, but not only that, he's averaged at least 20 points a game for every season that he's played in the NBA, including his rookie year under PJ when he was up in Seattle. Seattle. He still averaged 20 points a game, his rookie season. I mean, there was, he, he, he has 30 points a game in 2010, 27 in 2011, 28 in 2012, 28 again in 2013, and then 32 in 2014, the year he won his MVP. Like, this guy is, you said it, he's, he may be the greatest natural scorer we've ever seen. He can do everything on the court. If you were going to build in a lab the greatest offensive player, you might come up with a guy whose wingspan is seven foot eight, who has a stroke from outside like Steph Curry, has a mid-range game like Mike and Kobe, and then also can slash and dunk and move laterally, play some defense. He's an underrated defender. He's not a great on-ball defender. Never made an all-defensive team. Not a great on-ball defender, but his un his defense is underrated, and his and he showed that at Golden State as being almost their rim protector a lot the of the length. time. He was blocking shots left and right. So I just think if he does come back and he is 
uh, let's just say 95% of the player that he was, he'll have a really good shot at breaking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's scoring record all time. That is a big if. You I mean, he, play he lost time. he lost a whole season here, and he has to not he has to avoid injuries for the remaining let's just call it eight seasons. But if he, at the pace that he's going, he's thirty, right? Yeah, he's thirty. At the pace that he's going, he could very well be the only guy that breaks that that we can think of. I, I mean, don't think I, that's going to happen. If anybody gets it, it's LeBron. No, LeBron's too far away. He's got doesn't have enough years left. I don't think. I, I mean, mean unless, we keep saying that every yeah, year. Yeah, that's the thing, <laughs> and, and and that brings us to LeBron at number yeah, one. I yeah. mean, so. Kevin Durant, number two, I think we all can agree that he deserves to be number I, two. I, I fully agree with that, and I want to just say something about the other guys that we talked about. Again, this is a different era, different era of basketball. These guys get to the line a lot. There's no hand-checking involved. It was a lot harder for Larry and Elgin and these guys to fucking score. But I mean, maybe not Elgin. Elgin was just so much better than everybody. Today's competition is way better. I get that. But think if Larry, like, if there was no hand-checking for Larry – and right. you can just lay off And how many times he would have gone to the free throw line more on <laughs> That's top. That's what I'm saying. And how many more threes he would have taken in today's NBA. Yes. Yeah, all of that is true. So then you get into LeBron. Yep. And he is the greatest small forward of all time, arguably the greatest player of all time. Yep. And we can sit back and argue that all fucking day if we want. But you kind of know where I stand on this. And again, we've watched this kid from 17 live up to everything that anybody – expected of him he has lived up to the hype times 100 yep we're in year 17 this man has 48,000 regular season minutes 10,000 postseason minutes which is the most of anybody to ever play in the postseason that's 58,000 fucking minutes this man has played <laughs> coming up on 60,000 come next year right the longevity the availability and the the ability to be playing at a high level Every single year. How can you be in your 17th year and be as good as you were in your fourth? As far as statistically wise. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It makes zero sense. And Drew and I have been doing this show for three seasons, three years. And every year we just talk about, you know what? This might be the end of the road for Braun. You know, might be the one, once he got injured last year, yeah. like, oh, this is it. There it goes. That, that's done. Yeah. And then he comes back this year, leads the league and assists 20 fucking five points a game, whatever the hell he's doing. 20, yeah, 25.7. So overall career, LeBron James, 27 points per game, seven rebounds, seven assists. And that's pretty much what he's done his whole career. Everything. You can expect that. 27, seven and seven. Just go ahead and mark it down. If he's playing 80, whatever, however many games he's playing, that's his average. Um, 16 time all star. 15-time All-NBA. He's a three-time NBA champion, three-time Finals MVP, four-time MVP, and that really should be probably a lot larger than just four MVPs. Probably six. I mean, it's possible that he could have gone on a run of seven in a row, really. You could have made an argument He's for seven. He's been the seven, best player in yeah. the NBA for the past 10 years. Exactly. Uh, Undoubtedly. Six-time All-Defense, though. I, I definitely want to make sure I mention that because that's important. Um, and then obviously he, he is a scoring champion only once, which is surprising, but not really because he doesn't, he doesn't always focus on scoring. He is a hell of a passer. As you let, as you mentioned, he's leading the league in assists this year with over 10 a in game. his 17th year. Yep. And, uh, it's funny. So there is for his entire career, there is only one, two, three, four, five. There's only five seasons that he's not listed as a shooting, as a, as a small forward. His rookie year, they have him listed as a shooting guard in Cleveland. He has two seasons listed as a power forward in Miami. 
He has one season listed as a power forward. His last season in Cleveland, they have him listed as a power forward. And then this year, he's a point guard. So, it, again, it just speaks to the, to the nature of this man that it doesn't matter where you have him position-wise. You just know that when he's on your team, he's going to impact your team and he's going to make him into a winner because he's going to just try and will not only through his scoring but through his just overall demeanor and, and, and basketball knowledge and assist and, and passing ability – uh, he's going to make your team better, and, and he's going to turn that, that, uh, that team into a winning team. There's only two narratives that people can come up with as, like, what's negative about LeBron. Actually, let's say three. I'll say three. The first thing is his decision, which ESPN really wanted, is going to be frowned upon. Okay, cool. His second is going to be, oh, well, he's not cut from the same cloth like Mike and Kobe. He's not a fucking dog. I, I'm going to tell you, dude, Two year, that, that playoff run two years ago, when he was just killing everybody, game winners, buzzer beaters, single-handedly through that whole playoffs, LeBron killed everybody. The playoffs against the Pistons, the series against fucking Boston, where he's banging on everybody. And the third is, oh, he's made it to the finals uh, nine times and only won three, right, right? Right. Do you not understand you have to get to the finals nine times? Some people never get to the fucking finals. When it's all said and done, just like just like Kobe, just like Mike, just like Dirk, just like Dwayne Wade, you're going to miss this dude. You're going to really yeah. – the NBA is going to miss LeBron James when this is all over, whenever it is. It could be in five fucking years. Yeah. Who knows? But when it's all said and done, it's going to be between Mike and LeBron yep. as who you who you think is the greatest player ever to play. Yeah. And and there's a there's going to be a strong case that LeBron is better. Because when you look at his overall statistics and you and you don't necessarily take into a, into account the championships, LeBron is ahead of Mike in pretty much every category. Statistically, yes. I think except for like steals at this point, but even that he's very close if not already beyond Michael when you when we all look back at this 20 years from now and we're still having the same conversation because you and I are going to be fucking having the same conversation 20 years from now, who was the best player ever? Maybe we'll be talking about Kevin Durant in that in that group. Maybe we'll, we'll be talking about some kid that hasn't even played yet that we don't even know about. But we definitely will be talking about Michael Jordan and LeBron James. And it, as Michael's memory fades from reality, hopefully that never happens to you and I, but from popular view eventually it's just going to go the way of bill russell where kids these days completely undervalue what bill russell was eventually that's going to happen or come up with, for with excuses for right. why he shouldn't even be in the conversation e exactly eventually it's going to happen to mike and what we're going to have to look at and we're going to have to remind these kids is that yeah it's, i know michael played in the 80s and the 90s which is a long time ago but not everything is about stats so mm -hmm. i think that is one thing that you mentioned in those three things that people might uh, discredit lebron with the 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 fact that he might not be cut from the same cloth in that final moment when it's all on the line maybe he doesn't want it or maybe he doesn't want it as bad as as kobe or mike and that specific thing i that will always have me leaning towards michael but he's also taken huge shots and hit huge shots absolutely the great the, countless times probably the biggest defensive play ever in the history of basketball i would say hands down the, be, the best minus defensive the play. steal by bird but but, but no, LeBron's but LeBron's is yeah. LeBron's bigger. is a direct is a direct correlation to a championship. And and again, Drew, I I just I, I like to put emphasis on the fact that how at seven like these guys, Larry played twelve seasons right and was done. Is back. I'm done. You know what I mean? 
Michael, when he went to Washington, was not the same Michael. He's putting up numbers. There was an article that came out this week where Stackhouse was like, I fucking hated playing with Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah, right. He's like, it was the worst thing to ever happen. Mike was to me. taking my minutes and Mike I was took, better. My, Mike wasn't passing. Every play ran through Michael. And like Jerry's like, yo, I'm in my prime, dude. Like, let me get some buckets. Let me get the rock. Everywhere LeBron has been, LeBron's been the best teammate makes everybody else better around him and just 17 seasons and he's doing it and he'll do it again next year dog it's not like next year up lebron's gonna hit his wall he's gonna be at 10 and 5 next year right it's no way not happening and he wouldn't let that happen like elgin you know what i mean if 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 lebron comes out and says i you know i'm not going to be scoring 25 a night i don't think i want to do this shit anymore right um right. and i think he'll bow out gracefully but the fact that he's still doing it at this high level and yes you could say well he spends two million on his body. The you know that everything. Why, yeah. why shouldn't he? I agree. Yeah, and I think that that's what's so remarkable. Going back to Elgin too, and to the Bill Russells is like they didn't have this shit. No, you know they didn't stay at the Ritz Carlton. They didn't fly private. You know they were saying that like if if you're going if you're playing the Knicks, the, you know you're flying from L.A. It's not direct. Like you're stopping in Phoenix, Chicago. Minneapolis, and then dropping in New York. Yeah, and yeah, so. I think we're both fine with that. LeBron James, number one small forward at his position. Yep. And if we wanted to put him at the power forward position, we could fucking put him there too if we wanted to. Yeah. No, you could. I mean, and and obviously with him being a point guard this year, yeah, I, I think he's the point guard of the year. I mean, without a doubt, he's leading the league in assists. So, I mean, it, it just – Luka's right behind him. He's bro. amazing. I, just, I still can't get over how amazing he is. The biggest for me is is the transition that I've gone under since since his career started with being a LeBron hater, and and really a Kobe truther, I suppose. Is oh, that's a good way. That's to put how, it. That probably how the best way you you could say it. To to now just kind of being in awe of the guy. I mean, I, I've got to see him play his whole career. Um, I, I wasn't always the biggest fan, as I mentioned, but I I can't be more more of a fan of him now. I mean, regardless of what he does on the floor, and and regardless of the way that he may try and pull strings. And manipulate the roster and manipulate, you but know. But don't all the greatest do that? So that, they have to. I, yeah, my my that's my point. Is regardless of all of that, what he does on the floor is incredible, and and I'm I'm happy that he's a part of the Laker organization. And I think what he does off the floor is pretty valuable too. I mean, he seems like one of the the most outstanding athletes to ever, you know. He's setting ever, the bar to for ever everybody do it. else. Yeah, exactly. Setting so. the bar for everybody else. So if you literally have a legit debate on hating on LeBron holler at me I would really like to know because I've been defending this guy my whole life so I do want to jump in before we before we wrap it up I was curious as to whether or not Kawhi Leonard would make your list I was really hoping you were going to ask me that I, I I noticed that he didn't yes because his book isn't finished being written yet got it at all I, I feel his numbers are, are they're really shallow for those first couple seasons too that's the thing is like and then they really took off I love Kawhi Leonard but his book is not written yet it's not over. In 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 five years, we can have this conversation where he might take over KD. He might take over LeBron. You know what I mean? My only issue with Kawhi is the fact that he's playing 60 games a year. Right. He's the winningest player to ever play in His the NBA. percentage, right, is, yeah. He, Winning he wins percentage. every fucking where he goes. And you could say that it's, it's situational, it's system, whatever. Right. It's not his fault. He's at the right place. He's on the right team, and he's right. the right player for that team. I think at the end of the day, Kawhi could be top three, four, when it's all said and done. I agree. He was my honorable mention, and yep. then you know how much I love fucking Paul Pierce. Like, yep. I love the truth. I love Paul Pierce. I wanted him to be on this, but he's not. 
yeah. on the list for a certain reason. Yeah, I had uh, some other some other guys that were circling in in on this was John Havlicek, mm-hmm. right? Celtics. I don't know him. I don't know his body of work enough though. His, he had a very long and successful career, a lot of championships, a lot of seasons, and just really just pretty solid every single year. And jumped around positions. I mean, he was a small forward sometimes, but he played shooting guard and power forward. Like he was just an athlete, I think, as well. But obviously, Havlicek needs to be mentioned, and is probably in most people's top ten. Uh, that brings me to to James Worthy as well, a guy that um, probably maybe on the cusp top ten there uh, with his. I mean, the, the the thing with Worthy is that he only played for like eleven seasons. I think maybe twelve seasons. Uh, but they went to the finals so many times that it was actually really like. 13 seasons. We, it, it, for whatever reason, they don't take into account the minutes that are postseason minutes. And when you add those all up, we all know that when you go to a finals, even if it's a, a four or five game finals, it's an additional 20 to 25 games per season additional than the, than the 82 game season. So they're playing 100 game seasons pretty much every year. Um, and that diminished, you know, Worthy's uh, longevity. Uh, but somebody that should be mentioned as well. Rick the Dick. Rick Barry. And Call him by his name, Drew. Rick the Dickberry and Dominique Wilkins were the only other ones that I was considering. Um, I love Dominique and I love Rick, but they just they weren't they weren't making my list. No, they're not going to make top five. That's why no. the five is the most important. Yeah, the top ten can be extremely debatable. Right. You know, we can. I, I again, I also like Adrian Dantley was another name. Dantley was a baller. Yeah. Was a was crazy a scorer. Yeah, and he's okay. So I like to do the thing of like, could could these could Havlicek's game translate to today's game sure like would he be as effective as as he was in the 70s and 80s to today's game i don't think it translates right now those guys that were meant i don't know if rick berries does either does rick like rick was really fucking good he's He's another scorer he was the first jump shooter fun fact about rick is he's the first one he sat out a whole year yeah due to litigation yeah yeah because the nba he wanted to go to the aba and the nba said no he wanted to play for the Oakland for somebody in Oakland. It was mm-hmm. his father-in-law was coaching that mm-hmm. team, and they said no. And he said, "Fuck it, I'm not going to play." So I'll just wait till next year. Just sat out a whole year, just like a dick. He said, "Rick the dick was like fuck it." Yep. Um, but guys like Dantley and Dominique, yeah, and James, James, Wor- Worthy, James Worthy, he, he translated. I don't know if he'd be as great. It was great to have Magic. Magic always makes you a better guy. Absolutely. Um, same shit goes for LeBron and and everybody else that we mentioned. But there's so many players that played that position and. Uh, I I purposely did not put Kawhi on it because I'm not that. I'm he's not close. That, he's close. He's not there yet, though. No, I mean when you think three chips and two Finals MVPs, like in in the short amount of time that he's played, right? Like, yeah. But I just think that he's going to be so much greater. Yeah, his career forward. numbers right now, he's 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 below twenty points for career. I think he's at nineteen something mm-hmm. for career again because there was that San Antonio period where he was still getting his feet under him. Where he where said they, like, "Yo, I was the fourth option on the team." And and a lot of times he wasn't, you know, wasn't always starting those games mm-hmm. in those early years. And then, you know, was really kind of a rotational guy. wasn't taking many shots for them. Uh, because he was the fourth option and because he wasn't that good of a scorer at that time. I mean, he really, his game uh, was great to begin with, but the, he the, he and whoever was helping him get there changed it entirely to where he is now one of the most offensively dominant players that we have and that we have seen in a long time. We're saying in the past three seasons, like he figured it out. Yeah. Like, I literally- would say in the last, like once his jump shot actually where he was able to catch and shoot a three confidently and, and make it, at a 35-ish percent or above, once that happened, everything else keyed in, and then he just he focused on his body, 
And now it's just whatever he wants to do when he has the ball in his hands, he's he can do it. Agreed. 27 points a game yeah. he was averaging this year. It'll be injuries that determine whether or not he actually makes it into that top five because if he does only play 60 games a year for the rest of his career, even if it's another 10 years, that has to be held against him. For playing that? I th- for playing that few games. Yeah. I guess I'm, I'm with that. But we'll see. We will see. The last dance starts Sunday. Oh, my God. Finally. And then, uh, you know what's funny is Mike came out today. Last dance is going to be the the ESPN doc. Is it ESPN, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's ESPN doc. The first two-part series, it's a 10-part series, but the first two parts debut uh, Sunday. Sunday night, 6 p.m. Cali time, 9 p.m. Eastern. Mike came out today and said, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to think that I'm an asshole when they watch <laughs> this, right? And I think this is going to go – I'm really glad we're talking about this because I think this is going to show Pippin's side yep. a lot to show – like Mike was a fucking – was an animal, dog. Yeah. Was an animal. There was – he was a nice he was a nice guy but he was not a nice guy. Well, and, the, and I think the the thing that may escape especially the younger generation is that they they don't necessarily have that that knowledge like behind the scenes right, shit. And and we we were growing up, you know, newspaper articles or you know when Sports Center was starting, we would hear about some shit that Mike would do to teammates and and the level of intensity that he was constantly at and and how he was not Mr. Nice Guy. He was not going to pat you on the ass. If you made a fucking mistake, he was going to let you know Ask about Steve it. Steve Kerr. Exactly. He got so, fucking punched in so the face. I think I think it is going to be illuminating for some of the people that weren't aware and for the, some that forgot. Uh, but again, I think we're going to see Kobe's similarities really yeah. shine through in 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 that in those comparisons because everyone apparently on the planet knows that Kobe was a tough teammate. Not too many people remember that Mike was maybe even a tougher teammate than I Kobe. I think I think I love how you said that. I don't think Mike was a tough teammate. I think Mike's up there with Oscar Robertson. If, if, to the point where, like, people did not want to disappoint Mike or Oscar because they and then knew- Kobe became that too. Well, I think well it became that later. Yeah, it was more like why is Kobe such a fucking dick? Why well, is he being he started a doing ass- that when he was twenty? Right. <laughs> no, I guess I I'm with you. I, I get what you're saying on that. Um, later on in Kobe's career, he, he he chose to teach instead of preach. You know what I'm saying? So. Michael, Michael just fucking expected the best out of you every single day. Right. Same thing with Kobe. Yes. Like, what do you mean you're coming into to? Are to you hungover? Yeah. yeah. You hungover? You're fucking overweight. Guess what? Guess you, who's guarding yeah, me today? You're getting it, yeah. Nick Young. Yeah. You're getting this business, Luke Walton. Hey guys, keep it fucking safe out there. Keep your six feet. All right. Wash your damn hands. If you don't got to be outside, do not go outside. Don't go outside. Stay inside. Listen to the follow through with Clips and Drew. Drop us a fucking review. We need a new review. That would Jesus, be great. people, take five minutes. You got plenty of time. Go on to Patreon, Clips and Drew, or Patreon backslash Clips and Drew. Show your boys a little bit of love. We got a new album this week. Uh oh. One of my favorites, Tory Lanez. Yeah. Great album. Just dropped a a, a, a single. Accidents happen, featuring my boy Little TJ. This is the this is the this is the banger right here, Drew. Mm-hmm. You know what it is, people. Stay safe. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew. Drew. We coming Kevin
forgot mine. If a nigga trippin', turn the collarbone, shootin' anybody that is shots fine. Nigga said that they deserve my position, but them pussy nigga, they did not grind. If we talk about the shit that separates me and you, nigga, it's a long line. I done came through, been take a billion. Never thought that I'd be seeing this when I was young and I was playing Sega Genesis. Pancake seats made it daddy's ass real nigga shit. Don't pay bitch nigga dead. Bet your life on the line, cause we'll make little nigga best. Nah. Look at all this dope. Everybody all talk to them shots fly. Gang. 